Tony died from cancer. I knew in my head, you love God, you trust Him, you pray. And that doesn't guarantee that things are going to go well. But I guess I really didn't know it in my heart. My friends invited me out to dinner shortly after Jody died to cheer me up and to help me see the bright side of things. They didn't have a clue as to how I was feeling. It felt like there was a moat between us and there was no bridge. Grief share helped me realize that I wasn't going crazy that it really helped me to focus on the Lord during those dark times. The folks in that grief share group were the only ones who knew what I was going through and how I was feeling. It still hurts, but I'm not suffocating anymore. Grief Share is a small group open to men and women who are dealing with the death of a loved one, friend, or relative. So join us and begin your journey from mourning to joy.
Praise the Lord. That's a good reason to come to church, isn't it? To lift him up and praise him and see our brothers and sisters in the Lord. Don't you love the fellowship that you find when you come to church? Isn't it comforting when you come in out of the world and you see your brothers and sisters and you can praise the Lord together? Thank you for coming today. We've just come from the early service at 8.30 and the Sunday school hour at 9.30 and then here for the 1040 service. And tonight will be special time and it's the mix. It's the mix tonight. That's for all the young people, special emphasis on them, 20 to 30 uh, around that area. So uh, be sure and talk to your loved ones and your children and grandchildren and encourage them to come out and enjoy the fellowship. And there's going to be a special movie tonight. Uh, God is not dead. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that. There's a fellowship time uh, for you that are interested in coming tonight for the mix. Um, the young people. There's a fellowship time for you in the gym be, uh, from five to six, so don't forget that. And there's a special surprise, lots of ice cream, and uh, it's gonna be good. So uh, you be sure and come for that. Then this uh, uh, week is our regular services, and uh, we, there's always a lot going on at Stratford Heights. And aren't you glad that the sun is shining today and that we can come to God's house on a beautiful day like this? Now you be a blessing to someone and turn and shake hands and greet one another and tell them God bless them. Give them somebody a God bless you. Jesus said it. 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 J
praise. Glory. How many of you been confused this last week? <laughs> Seems like the whole world's going crazy. Let me tell you one thing. <laughs> you can count on. Nothing happens until it goes through the hands of God. <laughs> Trickles out through his fingers and flows down. My God is on his throne. And his train fills this temple. Heaven and earth rejoice. God is on his throne. I thank you, Lord. Sing it, Majesty. Majesty, supreme. Oh 
and God is on. <laughs> no matter what the world may say, He is high and lifted, lifted up, my God. <laughs> on his throne he's on his throne he is high and God is his throne would you just praise him for that right now Lord we praise you we praise you Lord that you are a God that is in control the key this morning is don't give up. I almost let go. I was right at the edge of my breakthrough, but I couldn't see. devil had me bound. <laughs> God held me close so I wouldn't let go. <laughs> God's mercy came. Give me that first verse again. So I wouldn't let go. Sing it. I almost let go. I was right at the edge of a breakthrough I couldn't see. The devil really had me, but Jesus came and grabbed me. He held me close, so I wouldn't let go. God's mercy, God's mercy kept me, so I wouldn't let go. So I'm here, yeah. So I'm here today because God kept me. I'm alive. I'm alive today only because of His grace. Oh, He kept me. I know He kept me. God kept me. Yeah, He kept me. He kept me. I know He kept me. God kept me. Well, yeah, He kept me. He Jesus came and grabbed me and he held me close so I wouldn't let go. God's mercy, God's mercy kept me. I know, so I wouldn't let go. So I'm here, Lord. So I'm here today because God kept me.
He's a true and trusted Savior. He has never failed. <laughs> He'll be your strength, your high tower. Sing it now. The Lord is my strength. Oh, yeah. The Lord is my strength. He's my strength. The Lord is my strength. I know what the Supreme Court says. I know what all of the folks around the world are saying. I know what their opinions are of God. 
Jesus looked at his disciples and he said, who do you say that I am? I said it earlier to that Sunday school class that was watching that message on TV. I said, oh, I, said I was going to say this. I'm going to say it right now. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me this morning. Jesus said, who do you say that I am? Some of them had different opinions and they were telling the story, but it was Peter who jumped up right in that moment and he said, oh, I know who you are. You are the son of the living God. You are Jesus Christ. You are the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. King of kings and Lord of lords. If you believe that this morning, I want you to give him one more round of praise. Hallelujah. He's the one that can touch you. He's the one that can heal you. He's the one that can deliver you. He can still deliver in 2015. There's still folks that got faith in here to believe for God to transform their lives. We still believe that you don't have to stay in the old lifestyle, in the old sinner ways. You can come to Jesus Christ and be set free and absolutely free indeed. Do you believe it? Say amen. Oh, somebody touched me. Glory, glory, glory. Somebody touched me. Come on, sing it out. Somebody touched me. Oh, glory, glory, glory. Somebody touched me. It must have been the hand of the Lord. I want you to put your hand on your heart right here. Somebody says, what in the world is he doing? I'm praying protection over your heart. It's a pastoral prayer right now. I'm praying that God will heal, that he'll touch you from the top of your head to the soles of your feet this morning. I'm praying that God will touch your mind when the world's offering all kinds of confusion and all kinds of things that we don't understand. I want you to have a clear mind. I want you to have a clear understanding of truth. And I want God to be able to minister to you and to touch you this morning. I'm believing he's going to heal you. Sister Lovely, I'm believing he's going to heal you. I'm believing he's going to heal and touch several in here that are asking for serious needs. Brother Carter, I'm believing right now. I want several men filled with the Holy Ghost to go over. Lay your hand on him. Hey, the world says y'all don't have any power. The world says all this is a dying thing. I'm telling you the power of the Lord is here in his house this morning. You believe that? Say amen. You got your hand on your heart. He's a God of great power. I said he's a God of great power. Y'all don't leave me out here all by myself. Where are the praisers in the house? Where are the worshipers in the house? Where are the sanctified, Holy Ghost filled Christians that know the power of the Lord? Where are you at this morning? Don't leave me out here by myself. In the name of Jesus, 
Lord, we ask for clarity of mind, body, and soul. I pray that you will touch every man, woman, boy, and girl under the sound of my voice. I pray, God, truth that sets us free. I pray, God, for wisdom and grace and comfort. I pray for healing in the mighty name of Jesus. You will always have a people. They can vote you out, shut you out, shut you down. But Lord, you will always be on the throne. You will always be in control. You are sovereign. You are the awesome and mighty, omnipotent God. You are here this morning. I pray for healing in this house right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, help me this morning. I need people that agree with me in prayer. In the name of Jesus. I'm in the name of Jesus. Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Have it my mind. In the name of Jesus. Have it my soul. In the name of Jesus. Have it my spirit, man. I give control in the name of Jesus, inhabit my, my soul. Now lift those hands up to the Lord Have this morning. Spirit, Lord. Receive healing in this house.
thank you, Lord. I surrender my spirit, man. I give you control, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I surrender my mind. Thank I surrender you. my soul, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I surrender my spirit, man. Till I, I lose control. circumstance. It isn't a man. It has nothing to do with a church. It has nothing to do with anything that we can say or do. It's the power of an almighty God who is here in this place. And as we're respecting his presence, and as we've come together in an agreement of faith and prayer, anything, I said anything is possible. Do you believe that this morning? One more time, give the Lord praise. Give him honor. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. In this atmosphere right here, when it's set up like this, Sister Jane, I believe that we can do spiritual warfare that literally could travel all the way to Washington, that could travel all the way over to the Middle East and Africa. Man, I believe we can dispatch through prayer and faith in our God we can dispatch armies of angels to go from one end of this earth to the other. You thought maybe you just gonna come to church and hear a little devotion, us read a little bit of inspiration and leave out of here and just be the same as when we came in. You weren't counting on the fact that you were coming into international headquarters for God Almighty and that we were gonna actually be given commands to do some work worldwide. I think there's some folks that need a touch this morning and I don't know whether they're over on the other side of the globe or they're down in Florida, wherever they are. I'm believing that God's using us right here in this house. How many of you have an unsaved loved one, a mother, a father, a daughter, a son, 
they need saved this morning. I want you up and I want you ready to give your life as a, a testimony that God, I'm giving everything. I'm not letting anything stand in my way. I'm going to be in a in the spot, God, where I can pray the prayer of faith. All you got to do is believe. How many of you believe this morning? I want us to pray right now for every lost loved one, everyone that is in need of salvation right here, right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for them. We lift them up. God, we love them. We love our lost family members, our friends. We love the lost, Lord, that's in this world. Some that we've never even met. We love them, Lord, because we love them with the love that was given to us. Lord, we thank you and honor you that you've saved us. You've sanctified us. Lord, you've filled us with your spirit. We thank you. We ask you now, Lord, rescue them. Touch them. Minister your strength and your grace to them. I pray that you'll draw them by cords of love. Send your Holy Spirit even now and Lord, minister to them. We pray it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And we thank you, Lord, for we see them saved. We see them already in the ark of safety. And we thank you for it by faith in Jesus' name. Now, Lord, we pray for our leaders. We pray for the cities in America. We pray, God, for our country. We pray in the name of Jesus. You will, Lord, by faith, we believe that we are able to pray prayers of faith that move mountains. And we're asking you right now, put a hedge of protection around Christians and believers all over this planet. We're praying, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that you will bring rescue, that you will bring mission, that, Lord, you will bring provision and power into the lives of your people. We're asking, Lord, for your work to be accomplished worldwide. Send your angels in the name of Jesus Christ. And, Lord, we thank you, we honor you, and we give you all the glory and all the honor and praise. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. And everyone agreed and said amen. Amen. Give the Lord great praise this morning. Hallelujah. Lord, I pray for our president. I pray for him, Lord. I pray for senators and congressmen, leaders. I pray for governors and mayors. I pray, Lord, for judges. I ask in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, we realize and we know that you're in control, that this world doesn't move outside of your plan, your design, your will. But Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus where faith can move and change circumstances, I pray. I'll not fail to believe you for miracles. I'll not fail to believe you for the red, the white, and the blue. I'll not be afraid this morning to cry out, Lord, that you bring salvation to the White House. You, you bring salvation to the Congress, that you bring salvation to the State House. And Lord, I pray for revival in the church house. I pray, God, that you will touch across this world. For, Lord, you are surely coming soon. And I am believing, Lord, that we must be the bride ready, spotless, without wrinkle, and prepared, waiting for the knock at the door of our bridegroom. I pray in the name of Jesus. You touch us as we surrender and submit ourselves 
to your work in us and through us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 I believe, I believe, Brother Charlie, there's work of intercession that has gone on in this service this morning. I believe the power of the Lord is anointing and touching his people. He's using you, using our worship. He's using this atmosphere. Wherever two or three are gathered together in his name, what's it say? There he is. He's moving up and down the aisles of this church house this morning. He is all over this building, from the front to the back, the left to the right. You got to be ready when you start praying a prayer that says, inhabit my mind, inhabit my soul, inhabit my spirit, man. I give you, when we say I lose control, it doesn't mean you're going crazy. What it means is you're giving him complete control when you get in an atmosphere like that you better be ready because God will say all right then I'm gonna use you and I'm gonna do exactly what you've asked for how many of you feel like the Lord has touched you this morning amen praise God praise God Cameron I want you to come pray for Israel Pray with me this morning. Father, we love you and thank you for what you've done in this service, God. I believe lives have been touched and ministered to in a powerful way. And God, we know that our nation needs prayer. And we know that Christians around the world need prayer. But we turn our attention right now also, God, to the nation of Israel. We pray and know that your hand will continue to be upon them. We pray and ask that hearts, the eyes of the hearts of those might be opened more and more to the gospel of Jesus Christ. We pray that you'd protect them. We pray that, that peace might be in her city walls. And we pray for prosperity. We seek her good. And God, we ask all of these things, God, in your precious name, the name above every other name, God, at that name, God, every knee shall bow and confess that he is Lord. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus this morning. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Well, can you say it's good to be in God's house this morning? Somebody says, wow, is that the kind of church y'all have? Yeah. We just believe in the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of God who sits on his throne to just be in control. We used to put years ago, I don't know that they still do it in the bulletin, but we used to put in there at the end of the order of service. We always used to put this little statement at the end in parentheses, and it always said, subject to change by the Holy Spirit. I like that. Do they still have that in there? Somebody look at your bulletin real quick. No? We're going to put it back. Many different needs in our congregation we're praying for. So thankful that God is a God who's in control. 
pray, please continue to pray for families who are in the hospital and some are in hospice and we want to remember them. We're also remembering worldwide the different needs. Not only do we continually pray for Israel, but we lift up the AME Church in Charleston, South Carolina this morning. As they're in services together, we lift them up and pray over them. They have broken my heart. I love those folks. I've never met them, but I love them. And I appreciate the God that I see in their words of love and forgiveness. They've set an example that is unbelievable and beautiful in this last day that we're living. I want to continue to remember those around the world who are suffering. Christians are going through terrible torments around the world. You do know that, don't you? We need to continually remember our brothers and sisters around the world. And as we are prepared to worship the Lord with our gifts today, we, we recognize that one of the things we do in our worship is that we give the, all the offering, the loose offering that you'll lay in the offering plate this morning, we give it to World Missions every dime. Doesn't stay here, doesn't work on overhead, or doesn't go to buy paper, it doesn't stay in this house at all. It goes to missions around the world. We have several missionaries in many different countries that we support. And um, we go, we give the offering in the 830 service and 1040 service to, to bless and meet the needs in their lives. And you'll be privileged to be a part of that this morning as we give. And then of course, those who are faithful to pay your tithe to this local congregation that continues the ministry. And the ministries, 63 of them to be exact, that we have that work out of this church in any week or weekday. Let's pray. Father, you are a giver. You have given more than any of us will ever come close to giving. And so this morning, we give back to you and to your work around the world. We pray for our missionaries. We lift them up to you and pray that, God, you will meet the needs they carry in their lives. We ask you to touch and minister now as your Holy Spirit is working in them throughout different time zones on this Lord's Day. Provide for them and use us. And we thank you for those who are faithful, Lord, in their giving here. For the ministries of this local church as we endeavor in every way to be servants, to be mission-minded here, to love the city of Middletown and its people. So we honor you today with our gifts, all of it, in Jesus' name. Amen. My mom wants me to find my school supply list. I wonder where it is. What's this? Oh wow, this bag has all the supplies I need for the whole year. I wonder who did this. Supplies donated by the church family of Stratford Heights Church of God. We believe in you. This is amazing. I have to go show my mom. It's Noah Locke, and we appreciate him today getting up in front of all y'all and giving you a little taste of what it would probably be like in home after home after home as we endeavor as a church family to come under another summer project. As you know, in the fall, we took care of 31 different families that were burned out of their apartment complex and 
we provided clothes and food and, and furniture and put several of them up in hotels until they were able to relocate. And uh, we worked very hard and you helped tremendously in ministering to those families. We've taken on the, the Clayton Street Mission as our outreach ministry here at the church and it's taken on a, another project for the summer. And uh, we'll always be doing different things. We'll be meeting needs in different ways. We'll be searching for those who, who are desperate and need help. We'll be trying to find ways to minister and outreach ministry in every kind of capacity. But one of the ways that we decided to do this was that sometimes people in the city just need to know that a church loves them and cares for them. Sometimes the only folks that really know that are the, are the ones who have been in a desperate situation while the other thousands and thousands of people just kind of go without ever knowing that we care about them as well. We took on this project, and I appreciated Nicole Locke, who, who kind of instigated and was the brain power behind this, and her and the team have come together and worked, Rhonda Johnson working very diligent and hard as well, and all the other team members to come up with this tote ministry outreach. Here's what we're gonna do. Today is the kickoff for the tote um, ministry for students at the High View sixth grade center here in Middletown. This ministry is to let the students and their families know that we love them, we care about them, and we wanna help them in any way we can. I had heard testimony after testimony when I introduced this a few weeks ago. And number one, let me tell you, I was overwhelmed. I thought I would have to kinda like make sure you understood it and give you all the details before you'd be kinda like in, but man, I announced this a couple of weeks ago and you all went bonkers. Uh, so many emails and texts and calls and plus I couldn't even get out the door for the people that were so excited about this. One mother stopped me and she said, you have no idea how much parents worry about those, sky, those school supplies. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. Well, what's neat about this project is this Highview sixth grade center is going to touch every family in the city of Middletown who has a sixth grader. And you would be surprised how many that is. It's somewhere around 600 kids. So imagine how many families that touches and how many people will be touching with this one project. It's $25 for a bag that gets you all the things that go inside the bag, but that's just what it costs. You're the one that's gonna do the shopping because we're gonna give you the bag today as you go by. There's a little, a little uh, application, a little, little form inside the bulletin you have with you today. Take that, fill that out, go by, give that to them so that we know that you have one of the bags. Pick up your bag, it's got a list of school supplies in there, and uh, we want you and your family to go and maybe together as a family project, buy the different things that are on the list. Um, there's a, a bunch of things here, like 12 pencils, one pack of loose leaf notebook paper, eight spiral notebooks, three pocket folders, and the list goes on. And it gets to the end, and we've got a bag big enough for you to put everything in, seal it, bring it back, and we're hoping to have over 600 of those. Now, we figured it up this way. 90, if 99 of us will accept this challenge, and then those 99 people will enlist about four other people who will fill one tote, the mission will be complete and done. So we have hundreds of people here today. So if we just have a third of you, that'll say, okay, I'll do this. But if, you have, if we have all of you, well, that would just be even better. I'm looking, and I just wanted to make sure you understood how much I'm in. I told him I want five bags today. I'm gonna to fill up five bags. So you're certainly welcome to take one or more. And if you are someone who says, well, I don't really know that I have time to shop for all those things, if you'd like to just give a donation, someone else will shop for you. 
and you just look the envelope in front of your pew there, fill it out, and just go tote ministry and drop in your donation and it'll go to help in this project. I'm very excited about it. I feel like this is a project that is going to speak to many, many families in our community that's just gonna let them know, you know, we care about you too. We love you too. Not just the hurting and the desolate and the desperate, the homeless, those that are hungry and need clothing will continue to do those mission outreaches wherever we find them. But every now and again, we're gonna throw one in that just says to the city of Middletown, we love you too. Isn't that all right? Amen, God bless you, thank you.
you stand with me this morning? Amen. Thou art the lifter of my head. How many of you have needed him so many times in your life to be the lifter of your head? You know, people will fail you. Family will fail you. Friends will fail you. We're all human. I bet even you failed somebody before. But at the end of the day, man, we understand and we know he is the one. But thou, O oh Lord, art a shield for me. The glory and the lifter of my head. Now I've been, as you have been, I've been struggling the last couple of weeks. Watching and listening, grieving, praying, thinking. Lord, what do we do? Where's the church? What do we say? Lord, what, what are they going to say at Stratford Heights Sunday? How's, how's pastor going to respond to all that's going on in the world? There'll be a few folks there that'll be interested in what the pastor's going to say. And I, then I remembered I'm the pastor. <laughs> so I knew only one thing, Brother Bud. I knew I had to go find my prayer closet. You know what, I, I said, well, Lord, you know, you want me to fuss? And he said, no. I said, all right, I won't fuss. Soapbox, I'll get on my soapbox. No, don't do that. He said, just stand. Amen. He said, just stand. I began to look at the scripture and study the scripture on standing. You know, this, this shouldn't shake us. It shouldn't cause us to stumble and fall. How many of you know God was not shocked June 26th? He didn't call an emergency meeting. He didn't tell the Holy Spirit and the Son to come into the private headquarters. And now we all got to sit down. and We got to figure out what's happening down there. He, he wasn't upset. He wasn't shocked. He wasn't surprised. He just looked at his angels and he said, carry on. Whew, that's comforting, isn't it? Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. Reading down through verse 13. Paul writing to the Ephesians said these words. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities against powers against the rulers of the darkness of this age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to 
stand. Amen. Amen. I like what the Amplified Version says. Brian, you knew I'd do this. The Amplified Version in verse 13 says, Therefore put on God's complete armor that you may be able to resist and stand your ground on the evil day of danger. And having done all the crisis demands to stand firmly in your place. Amen. Father, I ask that you get me out of the way. I pray that in the name of Jesus, the anointing of the Holy Spirit be here. The next few moments, Lord, let us truly come together in your word teaching that will set us free and that will touch our hearts and will make a difference in our community, in our families, in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. This is a fighter verse. This is a champion verse. This is, this is a, a knock them out kind of verse. This, is, this gives us a whole new picture of what Christianity is all about. And I love the way the Lord directed this service because who would have guessed that we would have ended up kind of doing spiritual warfare before we ever got into the main part of our service, the, the word. But yet we see in these verses right here that there is a sense that, that our walk with God is more than just tiptoeing through heavenly tulips. It's more than just sweet songs and inspirational poems and, you know, prayer times and, and times where we just kind of get together and, and have church. That it's more than that. That there's more involved in us walking this walk with God. This verse of Scripture, this passage of Scripture, actually this entire chapter, talks about the battle. I mean, the moment you start, you get this picture that you're in a battle. And you know it too. You've known it with your, your son and your daughter and your grandchildren. You've known there's a battle that's raging. And you want to know, as I do, how do we best fight strategically in the word and in the faith that we've been given? How do we fight in the spirit? How do we truly make a difference, not only in the lives of the world around us, but especially in those that we love? You can almost hear the sounds of explosions. and You can almost hear and see the night sky lit up with explosions of light. You can almost feel the roar of the, the guns and you can hear the sounds of war. You can almost feel the action as you're pushed sometimes, even like in a service like we've had today where we're kind of pushed to the forefront. We're pushed to the front line of battle. We see this and we understand, Paul, what are you really getting at? The awesome thing is that at least we understand and we know that by the time you get done with chapter 6, you know there's also a battle cry of victory that's promised to every child of God. But let's be real. Let's look at this honestly. Past just being inspirationally religious, let's look into this a little deeper and see something here we need to see today of all days Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 13 might as well be a description of the current day that we're living in. This is the evil day. 
the evil day this scripture is referring to, I believe, is right where we're living now. We're in that hour. We're in that time. The battle that the scripture's talking about is the battle that's taking place right now. I mean, your head will almost turn. I mean, you, you, you almost don't know which, which emotion to kind of grab first. I mean, we're, we're mourning and we're hurting over those who, who have been murdered and massacred down in Charleston, South Carolina at the AME Church. And my heart is grieved for those folks, but yet I've never been so proud in all my life. When some of those precious little mamas or the daughters or the sons would get up and talk about forgiveness and talk about praying for the killer. I was blown away by that. And I noticed, uh, I went, I was curious to see how each of the news agencies and the media, I wondered how they would all report it. And so I went to all of them to just kind of check it out. You know, you never really can get one story from any, any one particular one. They all three or four or five got different stories. And so you go and you find out what's their twist how are they going to run it? How are they feel about it? And I wanted to get that feeling. What I heard consistently over and over and over again was this little group of, this little band of believers down in Charleston, these little folks that have been through the worst hurt of their life, these folks that have been hurt and wounded in ways you and I can't even comprehend. When you see some of the precious little faces of them grandmas that were taken out in a prayer meeting, it tears you up. But to hear them as they got up to the microphone say we're praying for him. He's deceived. He's just overtaken and overwhelmed by evil. And this is the day we're living in. And, and we forgive him. And, we're, and I'm sitting there going, wow. And I've noticed on every channel, no matter where you went to, the news anchors, well, can you believe that? Well, can you believe that? I can't believe they're saying it like that. Can you believe they're forgiving? You know, that's because, you see, there's something to be said about this thing we're standing for today. The love that we're trying to preach and sing about. It's not just an emotion. It's not just a change of mind. It's a transformation of heart. It's a love that comes from the owner and creator of the entire universe. That's what's in them. I tell you, if I lived in Charleston, that's where I'd go to church. Those people got the goods. Those people, they know their faith. They got the love of Jesus. You face murder and massacre and get up and ask for forgiveness. That's who, I, next time I have a back problem, I'm going to call them, have them pray for me. Good folks. The one minute we're grieving and we're hurting, we're mourning over this, and then we're shocked as we get the word around the world on June 26th, just the other day, while we're doing funerals down in Charleston. We've got over here in Africa, and we've got over here in the Middle East. We've got over here in France, you know, three people beheaded there in, in that ISIS attack. And then you've got 27 killed in Tunisia while they were vacationing as, in a holiday. And then you've got 18 killed in Beijing. You've got, if you didn't know this, you ought to check it out, the earthquake map for that day. Did you know there were over 36 earthquakes all in one day? They showed the map, and it was unbelievable, the red dots all over the whole world. It wasn't just in one place either. It was all over the whole world. Oklahoma even got one, Cameron. I don't know what that says about Oklahoma, but we'll talk about it. <laughs> I'm kidding. Worldwide earthquake on June 26th. 
here we've got all these news reports coming out of everywhere and they're breaking live to Charleston for the for the funeral services and then we're going over here to France and we're getting those pictures and then we're going to Tanzania and we're getting those pictures and then we're coming over here seeing 18 killed in Beijing and we're wondering what the world's going on. One report's talking about the racism and the hate in America as this nine people were killed and gunned down by this crazy boy filled with the devil. And then at the end of the day, America's White House lit up like the rainbow with colors all over the world declaring as the Americans are dancing in the street, one minute crying, one minute shocked, one minute in sorrow and grief and not knowing what to do, and the next they're dancing, shouting, and running the streets, celebrating sexual immorality. And I look at all of this, and I go back to Revelation chapter 12 and verse 12, where the word tells us the enemy will be on the prowl even more so because he knows his time is short. His time is short. One of, any one of those stories would have been enough. Any one of them would have been enough. But were you as, as unbelievably overwhelmed with emotions for that day? God helped the church. Because my question my question was not where were the sinners i knew where they were where were the politicians i knew where they were where were the terrorists i know what they're standing for but my real question has been where was the church except for those little folks in charleston there was a book written by mark bubeck it was called overcoming the adversary and he called for Warfare prayers to turn back the powers of darkness. He lists three reasons why there are, why it is so clear that the enemy, Satan, is so rampant in today's society. The first thing he said was that Christians have neglected the whole realm of spiritual warfare. They've neglected it by and large. They're not paying attention to it anymore. They've seen so much extreme on TV and different ministries out there in the world. and They've just shied away from it. And Preachers aren't preaching about it anymore. No one's talking about it anymore. Everything's gotten a little subtle and a little simple, and it's gotten cute. So we don't talk spiritual warfare anymore. And so the church, when they're faced with days like June 26th, they're kind of unprepared. How do I know? Well, one of the things I, I wanted to not do on June 26th was I wanted to stay as far away from Facebook as I could. You didn't catch me on there. I might have posted a photo from Instagram of my new nephew, which is really cute, by the way. But I didn't go to feeds and posts. I didn't want to see the confusion and the chaos of Christians. God help us today. The second reason that Mark Bubeck listed as why the enemy is running so rampant in the earth today is that Satan is active because he knows we're living in the last days. And isn't it 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, where 
talks about will there'll be perilous times. We're living in perilous times. When you look at the things that are happening right before us, chaos everywhere, everybody in, in turmoil. You don't know whether they're riding in the streets. You don't even know what they're riding for. They, they could be riding for, for ISIS. They could be riding against it. They could be riding for all kinds of different racism. and all kind, You don't know what they're out there fussing about or fighting about, protecting about. You don't know what they're screaming about anymore. There's just chaos everywhere. We shouldn't be surprised that Satan has doubled his efforts because we know the time is short. The time is short. What do you mean, Pastor Will? For a society, number three, that has embraced evil in radical ways, that's what Mark Bubeck said when he wrote the book. Satan is active because society has rejected God and embraced evil in radical ways. The word is making it very clear to us as we read and study it that this is the last days. This is the time. I don't know when it'll be. There are folks that'll tell you to be in September. There's folks that we study the blood moons and there's folks talking about comets and there's all kinds of different opinions and preferences and, and Perry Stone gives some insight and some things there and I'm telling you, Somebody says, well, what do you think? Well, I'm still studying and looking at all that, and I'm not an authority and an expert on, on their studies of things like that. And some of it is prophetic in nature, and you have to read it and study it and look at it and pray over it. But I'm telling you this, I do know enough to know he's coming very, very soon. He's coming very soon. I want to be ready. I want my church to be ready. I don't want us to be confused. I don't want us to vacillate back and forth. I don't want us to be tossed to and fro, not understanding what it is we believe. I want to speak in a few minutes that I have left. The fact that we've got to have, we've got to stand. We have to have a foundation. We have to have an understanding of what we're to say, what our response is supposed to be with all the chaos that's going on around the world. And can I clear your mind and help you real fast and just get right to the punch just in case, you know, in the next few minutes the service just disappears or, or the rapture takes place before we get there? Let me clue you in on the end of the punchline of this message before we get there. There's one sure foundation for you and I. One sure, solid foundation. It's not debatable. It can't be voted in or voted out. The Word of God is a sure and solid foundation. The Bible says the heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words will never pass away. You want to know how to love? It's in this Word. You want to know how to do business? It's in this Word. You want to heal your marriage? It's in this Word. You want to know how to do politics and government it's in this word everywhere from genesis to revelation is your guidebook on how to live a victorious life so that at the end of the day evil day when you are standing on the battlefield and it's raging all around you you will say with paul i have fought a good fight i have kept the faith and i have finished my race oh hallelujah you stand on the Word of God. 
You stand on the foundation of Christ. You stand and you're not moved. You won't be moved no matter what comes your way. Let the waters flow. They'll not overflow you. Let the fire burn. It'll not burn you. You will stand through it all if you stand on the word of God. Give him praise this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit of God, touch us to know the truth and the truth will set us free. Oh, I, don't, I didn't need anybody to tell me I was okay. I'm telling you what, I got a problem when Christians go around patting sinners on the back, trying to tell them they're okay. Let me tell you, when I came to God, I knew I was a sinner and I needed salvation. I knew that I was doing wrong. I didn't feel good inside. I didn't feel clean inside. It wasn't until somebody said, hey, you, just like everyone else, you have fallen short of the glory of God and sinned. It wasn't until someone pointed out my sinful nature and I realized my need for God that I transformed and turned my life over to him. I needed to know I wasn't living right. I needed to know I wasn't okay. I got, a, I got an email and I'm not going to tell anything about who it was. Somebody I hadn't seen in, oh goodness, 15 years or so. They were telling me how they wanted me to pray for them because they, they were very sick. And they began to share with me. They said, I haven't spoke to you or haven't reached out to you in a long time. You were my youth pastor back in the day and I just wanted to ask you to pray for me because I'm going to die. And they began to share and unload there and unpack their story. They began to talk about a lifestyle that the world is celebrating and dancing And he said, it's killed me. He said, pray for me because I'm writing you because the only peace I got is when I go back and remember the services back in youth group when I was a teenager. I remember there I felt something that I got to get a hold of now. He said, I got I to gotta get a hold of that again, so you pray for me. He said, I'm reaching out to you because I remember back then that that was something real. That's what I need now. I had someone call me several years ago at 4 o'clock in the morning. He was crying on the other end of the phone. He said, Ray, what do you do when you've done everything they ever told you was wrong? They told you you can't do it. What do you do when you've done all those things and you're still miserable and lonely and horridly sad and depressed? What do you do? I said to him what I say to you. Turn your eyes on Jesus. Look full into his marvelous face. And then the things of this world will grow strangely dim in light of his goodness and grace. 
Turn your eyes on Jesus. He's the answer for it all. He's the answer for Hollywood. He's the answer for Congress. He's the answer for the White House. It's still the same as it always was. And you know what? He's not a God of condemnation. He's not a God of hate. He's not a God of prejudice. He's not a God of bigotry. He's not a God who doesn't want to find people to, to bring in. He is a God who is full of compassion and love, long-suffering, and not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. He's a God of great love. He's a God of great compassion. And I said it earlier, and I'll say it again. God was not surprised this week He's been dealing with rejection. Clear back to the garden. He's been dealing with the rejection of his people that he loves. Clear from the beginning. Clear back to the beginning. And he's just doing his business of loving, pursuing. He gave all that he could. So that the terrorist, so that the murderer, so that the liar and the cheater, can I say it? And the adulterers and the homosexuals, he gave his life for them. I saw, I saw two camps and opinions and preferences over the last couple of days. I saw some things that really grieved my heart. I'm not going to fuss. I've decided that I'm not going to fuss anymore. I'm going to teach. And here's what I've found. There's a camp of liberality I remember when I was struggling and the Holy Spirit was dealing with me when I was a teenager. I remember how I had some good old boys, some good old friends who said, ah, don't listen to them fanatics. Don't listen to all them churchy religious people. Don't listen to all them. Man, you're good with God. So what? You do this, you do that. You hang out with us. Hey. And they were like, and I was like, yeah, you think? And they're like, yeah, man, you're good with God. God loves you no matter what, man. I'm like, well, I know he loves me. Yeah, man, it's good. But, you know, I walked away from their conversations, and I, I didn't feel clean. I didn't feel hope. I didn't feel peace. It wasn't until little old Sister Brooks, little Sister Brooks at the New Lebanon Church of God, got down next to me one, time, one night in my ear while I was kneeling at the altar and praying. And she said, she said, Ray, son, you've got to let go of this world. Let go of those sinful things. Let God be Lord of your life. And I was hearing her. I was hearing her. And I began to weep and I began to cry. And I remember 
the struggle that was going on. She'd say, you've got to let go, son. You've got to let go of the world. And I kept saying, I know, I know. That was the only piece I, I knew. I knew she was right. I knew she was right. I knew I'd been bad. I knew I'd been wrong. I knew I wasn't living right. I knew it. I didn't need somebody coming along with a compromising spirit to try to tell me I'm okay like I was. I knew I wasn't okay. When I got to the Lord and started talking about it, I'm telling you, I got a lesson in what he wanted from me. And he told me straight up, give it all. Lay it all down. I'm coming in, and if I come in, I'm cleaning house. And I want you to know, God cleaned my house when I gave him my life. And I didn't leave anything in there to play around with. I've learned that there is one thing this world needs to hear. They need to hear that their flesh is sinful and it displeases God and it displeases them and their families and they've shamed themselves, disgraced themselves and they need to come to the understanding and knowledge that God's laws and God's rules and God's good book is for life and life more abundant. It's to give you peace and joy and love. It's to give you happiness. It's to give you a life and to give you a future and a hope and a plan. And God knows best when he's asking you to give it all. He knows best. And that's where the true freedom comes from. People saying, oh, it's all right to live in fornication. It's all right to live in loose living. It's all right to live in sex, sexual immorality. It's all right to do all those things. Don't let people judge you. Listen. Listen, you are not their friend. When you get on Facebook and you get on your high horse and you telling everybody how you're not like those Christian jerks or those bigots or those intolerant people, you're not like them people filled with hate. I'm telling you, I don't, I don't think we ought to have any of that as well. Isn't that right? We don't, I don't believe we ought to have an attitude like that because not only did I see the liberal group, the compromising group, but I also saw this other group over here that was filled with all kinds of angry statements and they were filled with hate and they were filled with all kinds of garbage and all kinds of stuff where they're putting people down and saying, you better not come near me. You better not come to my church. You better not. And I'm like, Lord, help us. I'm like, are you kidding me? Where does hate belong? In a heart that has been redeemed by the blood. Should I remind you of what the writer said when he said, such were some of you, but you've been washed and cleansed and made brand new. They know one of us got God's job. I, I don't remember him vacating the throne and making you ruler over everybody and judge over everybody. It's not about us taking on that responsibility. It's about all of us recognizing the need inside this sinful nature to come to Jesus who has offered and given his love and blood freely that we might be redeemed, bought with a price and made into a child of God. Oh, this is the freedom. I don't want them to live their lives with nothing. I don't want them to live their lives in sadness and despair. I want them to come out from among them and be separate from the worldly things because in it is life and life more abundant. That's what we want. People to know freedom, people to know deliverance, people to get set free. That's what we want. Satan doesn't fight fair. He never has. He never will. 
Somebody says, oh, yeah, you got to watch him. He fights your weaknesses. I know he does. I found that to be true in my own life. He fought my weaknesses. But what I also found out was that he fights my strengths, too. He just fights me any old way he can. He just absolutely looks for anything. If this don't work, he'll try something new. He'll always be trying something. And you and I have got to have an understanding of what it is to be rooted and grounded in the love of God. When we're rooted and grounded in the love of God, we don't look anymore to our own emotions and our own opinions and our own thinking. You aren't really to have an opinion over everything that's going on now. You're supposed to be looking to this right here. And this is your opinion. This is the sword of the spirit. And when Paul said, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, he said, pick up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Let this sharper than a two-edged sword do battle for you, and it'll change the lives and save their soul. We're looking to save them. We're looking to rescue them. We're looking to do everything we can to get the message of the of gospel, of the gospel in their heart and mind to where they'll accept that Jesus loves them. We're looking to help them find the fountain of living life and water. We're looking to help them, to rescue them. We're a mission. We're not a prison. Let me just tell you something. Murderers, adulterers, cheaters, liars, homosexuals, prostitutes. They're welcome in this church. They're welcome here. That doesn't mean that we agree with the lifestyle. I don't agree with any lifestyle that opposes God's work and word in my life or yours. I believe, though, that if I preach the word of God, teach the word of God, then God will do his work by the Holy Spirit. Because you see, here's the thing, and I'm going to quit with this. Here's the thing. We have a tendency, and I don't know why we do this. Well, I guess it makes human sense that we do, but listen closely. We have a tendency to point at those people out there that we disagree with, and we make them the enemy. They are the enemy. You know why those precious Christian folks in Charleston Do you know why they were able to get up in the microphone with tears streaming down their faces? They say goodbye to their loved ones. Do you know why and how they're able to say, I forgive them? I forgive that young man. That one lady who said he's deceived, he's overcome by evil, and we forgive him, and we're going to pray for him. You know what causes her to be able to do that? Because she knows who the real enemy is, the real enemy. You see, our real enemy is not the ISIS terrorists. Somebody says, get him out of that pulpit. Politicians and certain entertainers, they're not our enemies. The Muslim radicals who behead their victims and then make videos bragging about it, they're they're not our enemies. 
demon-possessed men and women going and killing Christians in churches in America. That's not our enemy. Those people in favor of and help support abortion and the killing of little babies, those in favor of gay marriage and are redefining the, the definition of marriage, those who are against Christian values in the marketplace, it's easy for us to label and identify them as the enemy. Then we get on our self-righteous poach and we start preaching at them and you know, coming against them and doing everything we can to create more chaos in the world. But if we will understand, Paul said it best in verse 12 there in Ephesians chapter 6 when he said, we don't fight against flesh and blood. We fight against principalities, against powers in spiritual wicked high places. These are our enemy. How many of you still understand and know the enemy is the devil who has taken and deceived the minds of ISIS and deceived the minds of the young and the old and the prejudiced and the racist and the killers and the, those folks that are liars and cheaters. The devil himself has overwhelmed them with evil and he is the real enemy. The only victory we'll ever have is if we stop fighting the victims and we start fighting in spiritual warfare in the battle that the Lord has designed, we start fighting the real devil. The wicked one, the one who lies, the one who has been against Jesus from the day that he was conceived. I'm telling you, that is the one that deserves our strategies, the one who deserves our plans, our prayers, our warfare. When we understand that Paul was not talking about Nero, Nero was the current leader who was terrorizing Christians, burning down Rome and blaming it on the Christians. Nero was the one who instigated the persecution of Christians, either beheading them or throwing them, burning them alive or throwing them in a lion's den. It was Nero, but Paul wasn't saying we fight against Nero and the Roman governments. He wasn't saying that. He knew much more than that. He said, finally, my brethren, put on, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, Put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And when we truly see who our real enemy is, that's when it becomes easy to love. That's when it becomes easy to love. Stand with me this morning. For I have deliverance in my hand, says the Lord. I am a God of great love and compassion. Peace is yours in me. Look to the heavens. There is where your help comes from. I have promised and covenanted with my people. There is a peace that surpasses all understanding. And it can be found in the bosom of my love. Trust and know that I am here, says the Lord. I will guide you and I will direct my people into victory. Stay the course. Stand solid on a rock 
that cannot fail. Know that I will lead you out and into my presence, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. With every head bowed and every eye closed today, where do we stand? We stand in truth. We stand with the breastplate of righteousness. We stand in the gospel of peace. We stand with a God who is faithful and we hold up our shield of faith. We stand with the God of our salvation who has given us his everlasting word. That's where we stand and it all can be summed up in one word. We stand in love. Don't worry, God will do his job. The Holy Spirit will do his job. And we thank the Lord for the armor that protects and keeps us. For the battle belongs to the Lord. I said the battle belongs to the Lord. God himself fights for us. And he's fighting for you. Standing on the promises that cannot fail. When the howling storms of doubt and fear assail. By the living word of God, I shall prevail. Standing on the promises of God. Father, as we come before you, I pray right here, right now, for every Christian. I pray if there's anyone here today that is lost and needs you. I pray for us as a congregation, and as a church. I pray that you will help us to stand always upon your word. Look not to the left or to the right, nor to the arm of flesh. But God, that we will keep our eyes fixed and centered on your truth, your righteousness, your faith your peace, your truth, your word, your salvation in our lives. Touch us together, Lord, that we will affect much change in our community. That, Lord, when people happen upon us, whether it be in person or on our social media, Lord, they will see a heart filled with compassion and love, with truth, does not compromise or deny the truth of your word but stands in the power of love this God is where you are pleased with your church with your people touch us today for Lord we understand and we know in the flesh this is impossible for these things truly hurt us wound us or they devastate our families and our lives it's hard in our own flesh but Lord you help us to stand to be strong in the full armor that makes it possible as we recognize our real enemy and work for the kingdom and the advancement of the front line 
that many, many, many souls will be saved. In your name I pray. And still with every head bowed, if you'd allow me just a few moments, if you're here today and you need Christ, you've heard this message and maybe some of the confusion's cleared up and you understand we're not filled with hate inside the walls of this church. We love you. We want to minister God's truth to you. We want to help you have a transformed and peaceful life, a good life, a happy life, a fulfilled life. We want you to be free from addictions and harmful lifestyles that, that threaten to destroy you. We want you to know Christ as your rescuer, as your salvation and Lord. And if you're here today and you need Jesus, I would ask you right where you are to just slip up your hand and right back down and we're going to pray with you today. Are you here? God bless you. God bless you. Is there anyone else? Thank God for these two that have lifted their hands this morning. Is there anyone else who'd say, Pastor, I want in. I want to pray. I want to pray. God bless you. Amen. I see you. Anyone else? Christians are praying. This is the most important decision you'll ever make in your whole life. Anyone else? I'll wait just a few more seconds. All right. If you lifted your hand, and then along with those who are standing back, would you, church, would you just take just a moment? And step out where you are and meet me in this altar and let's pray together today. Would you do that just real quickly? Let's come together in the altar of God. While we're coming, if you'd like to take a few moments on the side over here to just pray, find an altar space somewhere and just get a hold of the Lord and spend a few minutes, you're always welcome to do that. You never have to feel you're out of order. Someone would maybe feel like they just want to spend time at the altar. You're welcome to do that. For those of you who lifted your hand and you've come into the altar this morning, we're going to pray a prayer. The prayer is just a prayer. It's just empty words if it doesn't come from your heart. But if you mean it from your heart, then God's word says that if a man believes in his heart, confesses with his mouth that he's saved. We're standing with you, brothers and sisters, together in this altar. We want to see. We want to escort you right before the throne of God. It's our great joy to do that with you. That's why we're going to pray with you. We're just going to help make it easy for you so you're not doing it all by yourself standing down here. We want to help make it easy for you to go to the throne of grace. So Christians, church, all over the building, would you help me now? Let's pray this prayer together with these that have lifted their hand and ask God come into our lives. Let's pray now. Father God, we come to you in Jesus' name. I ask you to cleanse me, wash me, forgive me of all my sins. I need a Savior. Jesus, you gave your life for me on the cross of Calvary. You died, but you rose again. You purchased my salvation. You loved me enough to give your life. Today, I give you mine. Be the Lord of my life. 
Guide me and take hope, control of my heart. I give you my every thought, my hope and my future. So according to your word, I believe you're the son of God. I confess it with my mouth. And I've asked you to come into my life. So I'm saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. If you lifted your hand or if you prayed the prayer and you did it without acknowledgement that's okay we would like to invite you to come by the crosswalk discipleship booth out in the lobby where they'll be giving you a bible give you some information they want to help you get rooted and grounded we don't want to just throw you out into the deep end of the pool and leave you there we want to help you in your walk with god so please go by talk with one of them get some information that we have for you and they're going to help get you rooted and grounded in the word of god and in your new life with jesus god bless you today Thank you for being in service. Don't forget tonight is the mix. And we are at five o'clock. There's a meal for all the young adults. And then at six o'clock, we're showing the film in our service tonight. God's not dead.